Uh, turn over in your Bibles, uh, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Amen. I'm going to, I'm going to shorten it up, and that'll be better for y'all. So, so here's the deal. In Hebrews chapter 3, we get to the last verses here, starting at verse 8. And it says this, and it's, I was going to read one through, but I don't really need to. It says, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, I want you to know that, that God was not tempting them. They, in fact, were tempting God. In other words, God was being the one, was the one who was being, being uh, uh, they were trying to manipulate. And so God is saying here, you know, that, that they were tempting me. He says that, that they tempted me, proved me, and saw my works for 40 years. Now, the interesting thing about this, if you understand this, and, 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 and this will make great sense to you, because God gave me a word for you this morning. And uh, I, I just, it's just a small portion of what I want to speak to you, but I believe that it's going to make an impact. The title of my message today is Following the Goodness of God. Following the Goodness of God. Good to see you guys. How's it living up north? We miss you. Move back. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, uh, see the reason, you know, she's a miracle. If you don't know this, when she came in, she had oxygen and all kinds of stuff and uh, walkers and everything else. And uh, she had uh, major problems. And the Lord has touched her body, has touched her in such a spirit. So we just, I love to see what God's done with you. And you look better today than you did several weeks ago. Amen. So anyway, just thank God for the goodness of God. But um, uh, when I was growing up, they taught us that almost as if everybody was going around the wilderness because God was taking them there. You know, you got to go around the mountain again, you know. We, you got to go around the mountain again. It was like the sermon of the month was always, you got to go around the mountain again. If you didn't make it, if you didn't get it, if things aren't working out, it's, you know, God's trying to teach you something, you got to go around the mountain again. And, and, and in circles that are, you know, you have to understand that the belief about God has to be right. Because if it's not, you'll have confusion in your faith and it won't work. And we're leaky. So that means that when people put it in this, it leaks out of us. And especially if somebody else is teaching and we accept that teaching, the stuff that we had learned can be erased. And so when you're here, you're going to learn some things that, that I want to stick. I want them to stick in you. I don't want them to go anywhere. I want them to stay. But that includes you staying under it because staying under the right teaching is what keeps you thinking correctly. You don't need to hear wrong teaching. And I grew up in this whole going around the wilderness. They went around the wilderness for 40 years. But if you truly studied this out and you looked at this, the, the reason they went around the wilderness was not because God had them going around a wilderness. God did not take them around that mountain for 40 years. That was never the plan of God. It was never God's intention that they would go around that mountain. And that's how they would learn. See, that's what we're told by most religious folks. Now, I grew up in religious circles. My dad grew up, I grew up in that kind of a, you know, environment. My dad preached for 30-something, 30 32 years. And the best light that he had was this that I'm telling you, and that it was a confusing light. You know, God is good all the time, except he'll wreck your car, so you'll know him more. God is good all the time, except he'll, you know, your kid's sick because he wants you to know him more. You know, I mean, that may sound crazy, but if, if we start listening to this, when you hear preachers preach, they always try to make it sound like they don't have a better understanding. So the way they say it is, is God took you through all that to get you to hear. You know, I mean, you went through that uh, crack addiction and all that stuff so God could get you to hear. 
you know, almost like God made you a crack at it so you could know him more. I mean, you'd know him better if you were a crack at it. You know, God put you as a prostitute so you could know him more. You know, God doesn't bring you into sin. He doesn't tempt you. God doesn't make you a crack addict. You're a crack addict because you smoke crack. If somebody was driving down the road and they were drunk going 100 miles an hour, ran into a bridge and died, we wouldn't blame that on God and say, well, God took them early. We'd say they were drinking, they were drunk, driving on the wrong side of the road, lost control of the car, and they hit a bridge. Not God took them and made them hit a bridge. And we have to be secure in what we believe. I mean, really secure. You and I have to get to the point where we know that the enemy is not God. I want you to look at somebody and say, God is my friend. Say this, God is my father. You know, all my years with my kids, all I can seem to do, my wife has to slow me down. She has to hold me back because all I really want to do is bless them all the time. How many of you parents feel that way? I mean, if you, could, if you could do it, would you do it? I mean, we know we can't do it. Even if we had all the money, we, we had the ability to do it, it wouldn't be to the benefit of the child for us to give them, uh, you know, a uh, 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 Lamborghini at 10. I mean, it just wouldn't work. It just it doesn't add up, you know. I mean, but the heart is there for that. And I'm not, I'm not God. How much more, how much more ability and how much more love and how much more compassion and how much of all this does God have towards us that he would supply for us all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. To somehow equate God as the one who causes the trouble. Now, it may make you feel better because in the circles that I grew up, if you were going through stuff, it, you know, we would blame it on God. Everything got blamed on God. Well, God is showing me. God is teaching me. God is, in, 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 you know, and we got all confused, not understanding that it is the thief. I want you to say this with me. The thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. All right, who does bad? I'm not getting enough amens right here. I'm not getting enough. Y'all got to jump in nice and loud. You only got to do it for about 30 minutes, maybe less if I got to go. You know, just while you're, while you're praying and seeking God this morning, just say, God, help him in Jesus' name. <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm actually feeling pretty good. Uh, but it is the devil. How many know who does bad? Amen. Who? Yeah. I'm not fighting God. The thief is the devil, comes to steal, comes to kill, and comes to destroy. Our problem is not God. Sickness doesn't come from God. Loss and, and, and uh, 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 inability does not come from God. Strain, pressure doesn't come from God. The thief is the one who comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Say it again. The devil does bad. And then it says this, but God came and sent Jesus. It says the thief comes still kill and destroy. But Jesus came. Why did he come? That you could have life and life more abundantly. Now say this with me. Jesus came to do good. Now say this. Devil bad. God good. Let's say it again. Devil bad. God good. If it's bad, where did it come from? If it's good, where did it come from? All right, that's everything in our life. 
that's everything. That's what God wants. God wants to display himself in our everyday life. He wants us to live in dominion and authority. That's where he wants us to live. He wants us to live in supernatural abundance, supernatural experience, supernatural health, supernatural prosperity, supernatural thinking. Come on, it's not your thoughts, but his thoughts. Somebody say amen. So God has designed it that way. When the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they were only 12 days. A theologian say somewhere around 12 days. Could have been more or less, whatever. But 12 days of a march from one position of lack, a position of bondage. They were in that position. They were 12 days from the provision of God. They were 12 days. And yet they wandered the wilderness for 40 years. Now, according to this scripture, the real truth is not that God had them wander for 40 years. If I told you today, if I, if I said to you, I said, listen, if you go out there and steal my car, I'm going to call the law and I'm going to have you put in jail. I'm going to put you in jail. And you took my car to Illinois and didn't tell me and stole it. And I had them find you, get my car back, and I put you in jail. Was I the one? that caused that problem i gave you the end result didn't i i told you what would happen and god had told the people of israel he had clearly indicated if you'll do these things blessings will come if you do these things you're going to follow in a different path you're going to have results that are not my results many of the results are almost all the results of our life come from three things there's three things that we fight if you don't have a pen and paper and you can't write this in your bible throw that bible out get one you can write in but write this down somewhere. Are you ready? We fight the world. We live in a world where it rains on the just and the unjust. There's rain. There are storms. There are things that come. There are challenges. You and I drive on streets with bad drivers. Some of you are bad drivers. Somebody say amen. We live in a world. We fight the world that we live in. Because of what Adam did, he turned this world into something different. Our experience in this world is different. And so we fight the world. We fight the world. We fight the devil. I got news for you. You're not the top priority on his list. Don't get offended at me. I know you live in your house with your children and you are the one the devil is after. I have a feeling that as limited as he is... He does have demons and all those kinds of things. We understand all that. But I love the scripture that says, if you'll resist the devil. Oh, I didn't get him shouting right there. I don't have to be subjected to or subject to the devil. I don't have to run around over that. The devil coming after the devil coming after He ain't coming after me, I tell you right now. Because if he does, I'm going to do what the Bible says. I'm going to resist the devil. And the Bible says, he will run from you in terror. That's the exact scriptures. We have the power by the, by, the, by the Holy Spirit within us, by the name of Jesus, to rebuke and resist every demonic power that comes against us. If you've got a devil following you, it's because you ain't said no yet. Amen. You have a right to say no. As a matter of fact, some of you need to say no. You have a right to say no to the devil coming in your house, being in your car, hanging out in your neighborhood. It shouldn't be in your job. You say, well, I go to my job and just the devil's all in my job. Well, kick him out. Speak new people into positions. 
Call things differently. Speak them differently. And God changes things on our behalf. So we fight ourselves. is the last one. I fight the devil. I have power over him. I also have the ability to crucify my flesh and renew my mind. But I'm fighting myself. The devil never made me go buy a car, a dishwasher, a pair of clothes, new shoes, a basketball. And he certainly didn't make me do it with a credit card. Some of us are paying credit card bills on clothes that are at Goodwill. Nobody shout, but y'all know it's the truth. You bought it last year, now it's at Goodwill, and you're still paying interest on it. And trying to say, I don't know what the devil did to me. I don't know how the devil got me. Y'all went and bought a car that was way over your head. You couldn't actually afford it. You know, I, I, mean, I just believe God will give. I'm not, I don't, I'm not a big new guy thing. Now, there are other people who like all kinds of new things, and they want to buy stuff that's new and all that stuff. I want usable things. Amy and I don't, I don't, I only, I can finally wear my ring, and I got a watch that doesn't blister my arm anymore. I used to have allergies to this stuff, so I don't wear jewelry and all that stuff, and Amy don't care about none of that. She's been the best wife in the whole world, because I've only had to buy one ring since I married her. Trust me, that's Jesus right there. Hallelujah. She don't go shopping for all kinds of clothes. She goes and she just does what you, you know. I mean, it's just us. We're not like all that. We don't do all that stuff. You know, it's just not our thing. So we needed to buy a car. And I mean, you know, we had tested, like I said, we go test cars out and we try our cars out. And so, so we, we, uh, we found that the one we liked, we'd had before was a Sequoia. We liked this Toyota Sequoia. But I had in my heart that I, I just, I wanted a newer Sequoia and I wanted it a certain way. I wanted it with leather. I wanted it with a package on it, like a limited package or something like that. And I wanted, you know, that kind of stuff. And I had gone to the Lord and set that on, on the table before the Lord. Because I know that God wants me to have the desires of my heart. Now, ultimately, that new car, that car is $70,000, $79,000 to buy from a dealership. And I just didn't want to go pay $79,000 for a car. And I certainly don't want a car payment. I didn't want a car payment. You know, not for a long time. I mean, we could pay a payment or whatever we had to do. But, I, you know, I just, I just, we live pretty frugally, Amy and I. We just, so we started looking at these sequoias. And I had a note. I had it in my heart what I looked for. See, I had already adjusted my income. The first thing I did is find out what I made. Say amen. amen. Then I subtracted my tithe from it. Before I looked at the car. I didn't look at the car after I subtracted the tithe. Because God owns part of that money. So I subtracted the tithe out. And then I had this much money left to buy this car, what I wanted. How many know God gives you the desires of your heart? Some of you have decided to make decisions about yourself. And decided to do things and you never really analyzed the consequences of what you did. And then you're in trouble and you're blaming it on God or the devil. First of all, the thief is the one who comes, steals, and kills, and destroys. Don't ever blame the negative on God. Don't ever do it. Don't ever claim that it's his plan, his purpose, that he's dragging you through all this mess. Don't claim that. It's not God. How many know it's not God? Listen to what it says. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, I walk by faith and not by sight. When I look at 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it tells me that there's something more that I walk by. It's by faith. 
3 John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. God's wish, desire, and highest plan is for you to prosper. His goodness. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Not nasty, wicked, horrible, terrible things. It's the goodness of God. If some of you wives would be kinder to your husband, take care of him, make sure he gets his tea in the morning, and then ask him to church on Sunday instead of yelling at him about the trash, being mad that he didn't do right, you're lousy, no good, and horrible, you might get the results God gets. I'm preaching real good now. I'm I'm preaching real good real good it's the goodness of god the goodness of god that leads men to repentance god is good all the time and all the time say that with me god is good all the time and all the time god is good i don't know how god gets us out of things but if you'll stay with god he'll get you out of some stuff somebody ought to say amen Don't bend your will to the devil. Don't be afraid and in fear. Be in faith. Trust the Lord. He'll take care of you. He'll help you. He'll deliver you. He'll bring you out. He'll change the circumstances. I'm going to use Brian. You know, Brian's placed quarterback over at Wilson High School. If you know anybody that goes over there, you're from Wilson, or you know what I know, you know that they tried out quarterbacks and everything. It was a fight until the last day of camp sort of i mean they this kid's older he came from timmonsville he had played for three full years he had more reps than my son so on a natural side there were some benefits that this kid had my son didn't have they both throw great this kid can throw a football so can my son this kid runs about the speed my son runs but he has more experience when it came time to make the final decision on the quarterback position had this guy not transferred from timmonsville i'm pretty confident my son would have been the quarterback Starting quarterback for Wilson High School. When they chose this other guy, there's not much you could say. As a matter of fact, he has the most passing yards in this region. I mean, he's just done a really great job. But every day I would come home and tell Brian, keep, your, keep yourself together. Go work out. Make sure you're throwing in the yard. Run a little bit. I keep telling him, keep building some strength. Add a little weight. Always, you know, get some more muscle, whatever. And I just keep saying it over and over again. And then I finish it with, you're going to play some this year. You're going to play some this year. Make sure that you, that you shine when you get to play. Make sure that you do well. And I keep telling this. Well, last week they put him in for the last four minutes. And he did great. He did really great. This week, see, I don't know how God's going to do this. See, God doesn't, you can't pray that the other kid gets hurt. I don't want him to get injured. I want him to succeed. This is his opportunity too. So I'm sitting there saying, well, how can God do this? He doesn't have to reduce one to make for another. That guy doesn't have to be less so my son can have experience. I don't know how God, that's the problem. We think we know. Well, God, bring a new coach. I'll just let God handle all that. I used to, you know, I've had to come through some things on my own because if you've been around here, there were times I was praying for a new coach. But the Lord's really dealt with me that you're to trust in me. I get up this morning, I'm down 52 pounds, which is great, right? But my goal is, yeah, thank you, thank you. My goal is to get to 200. That's my goal, 200. And so I've got, I've got 20 pounds to go. And so I, I, I haven't been on the scale since I went to the doctor. So I may actually be down a little bit more. I don't really know. But I, but I started thinking this morning. You know how you do? I'm starting to think I'm walking around, going toward the bathroom. And I'm thinking, well, I'll do one of those intermediate fasts. And then I'll, I'll do this. And maybe I'll catch this diet. And then I'll go to the gym and I'll work out. Now, there's nothing wrong with going to the gym and work out. Somebody say amen. Because you want to be healthy. 
And there's nothing wrong with intermediate fasting and things as long as you're doing it for the health purposes and stuff like this. But I'm wanting to take off 20 pounds. The Lord has been my helper for 52 pounds. All I can tell you, I can't tell, I didn't go on a diet. I didn't do anything special. I didn't do anything. And my body, with God's help, has lost 52 pounds. See, I actually believe God can heal marriages. I believe, I'm actually asking God for more hair. Somebody say amen. I believe he can put money in my wallet somehow. I do. I believe it. I really believe it. It's not a joke. It's not a religious tradition. I ain't making stuff up. I'm telling you the truth. I believe it. And so as, I, as I'm walking in the bath, toward the bathroom, and I'm saying all this to myself, the Lord said to me, I heard him in my spirit. So you want to take over, you still want me to do it. I mean, as clear as you were talking to me, I heard it. You know, in your spirit, you hear it in your spirit. You hear it inside. I heard the voice of God. You want to take over, you want me to still do it. I thought, nope. I release it, Lord. <laughs> You can have it. I believe he can help me take off the next 20. How many of you believe that? I know he can do it. I'm confident he's going to do it. I have full assurance that I'm going to walk in here one day and tell you I'm under 200. And it isn't because I went on the new Atkins diet. I already did that. I did the Atkins diet. I lost 38 pounds and gained back 48. Because it, it was just my own strength. Sometimes you can't make it on your own strength. Come on, somebody. Now, you've got to follow God. If God tells me to intermediate fast, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to intermediate fast. If God tells me and puts it in my heart to do certain things, I'm certainly going to be obedient. Because the Bible says if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land, doesn't he? How many believe that's you? If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. God's got that design. He's not wandering you around a wilderness. He wants to take you into the promised land. Somebody say, God wants me to have more than enough. I can say that because his name is El Shaddai. The God that is more. I mean, who do you serve? Who are we trusting? We're trusting the God that is more than enough. I'm not changing my mind. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. I want all things, above all things, that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Fully functioning, fully prosperous. Come on, somebody say, God wants me fully prosperous. James 1, 16 and 17 says this. Don't err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God's not going to change his mind. That's right. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did, he does. What he is doing, he will continue to do. Let him be God in your life. Start claiming your victory in your life. Start speaking health and prosperity in your life. Start speaking peace of mind, and all those things in your life because that's God's plan for you to walk in dominion. Somebody say amen. amen. Scripture doesn't say that, that every, every gift or everything is good or everything is just good or perfect, but that which comes from God is perfect. It's His gifts to us. Jesus wants us to have prosperity. Good comes from God. Life and godliness is God's desire. It says this in 2 Peter 1, 2 through 4. 
according as his divine power has given us to all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to his glory. God's called us to blessing. He's called us to these things. When I look at Hebrews 4, verses 1 and 2, right after I was reading to you, it says some things I want you to highlight. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should come short of it. For unto us the gospel is preached as well as unto them, but the word preached to them did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. The reason they wandered in the wilderness was because they did not believe God. It says it was because of their unbelief. It wasn't because God had a plan for them to wander. It was because they would not believe what God had said. The reason you don't have the new car, the new house, the new job, the new promotion, the health in your body has something to do with the fact that you don't actually believe what's written. The denomination that I grew up in, they read and taught all this. They did. The problem was they didn't actually believe it. I'm just telling you the truth. Somebody said, what's the difference between you and that church and you and we actually believe it. I actually believe I'm not going to give you excuses. I'm not going to try and tell you that there's some reason that God's held it up. It may be held up, but for you to find out why. What is the reason? What am I doing? What do I need to do? Because God has already done it. Do you understand God is not going to do it that he already did it? Don't you understand when Jesus went on the cross and he looks up and he says, It is finished he was talking about you he was talking about your marriage your life your schooling your wallet your health your well-being your mindset see when you know the devil is your enemy when you know the one that's coming to steal and kill and destroy the sickness that's in the world isn't you i know you went through some things i got that but i want you to know something For you still sitting here, and you're still in your straight, right mind, you need to be thanking God that no matter what anybody did, come on, no matter what anybody did to you, no matter how anybody treated you, no matter how, God was right there in the midst of the evil you were going through, and He was holding you and keeping you and protecting you. No, everything wasn't perfect. We live in a world where we fight the world, we fight the devil, and we fight these people and flesh. But God was for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Come on. You made it out. You made it through. Glory to God. I just, on my way, this is what the Lord dropped in my heart. I really got this in my heart. Now listen. When I think about it, I had a bunch of stories I was going to tell. I got stories coming out of my ear holes. Just things God did, and I wanted to share them with you and tell you just how amazing God was. But time has come too short for me at the moment. So I'm going to finish my message here. Don't imagine it. Don't get an imagination in your mind. Stay with Jesus. (laughs) And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What you'll eat, neither your body, what you'll put on. Life is more than eat. It's more than meat. And the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens. Listen. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. 
neither have storehouses or barns and God feeds them yeah. Ooh, hallelujah how many know you can trust I want you to say I can trust come on somebody I can trust in the Lord and I want you to highlight this how much more How much more are you better than the fowls? And which of you with taking a thought can add a stature of one cubit? If you then not being evil, or if you then be not able to do thing, that thing which is least, why take thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They don't toil, they don't spin. Yet I say unto you that Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow cast in the oven, how much more?